0: Welcome to the James Hush Show. At the James Hush Show, we explore the intersection of technology, art, and business to uncover new thoughts and opportunities that help you lead a more fun and fulfilling life and career. Trey, Trey in particular. (laughs) Uh, Today, we have the gear god himself, Mr. Trey Xavier. So California-based guitar blogger Trey Xavier is the man behind the Gear God's channel on YouTube, delivering metal-centric content to a horde of virtual metalheads. Trey attended the prestigious Berkeley College of Music, however, moved to California eventually to finish his studies at Somona State College. After he began working as an editor for GearGuts.net, expanding it to YouTube. one thousand eight hundred videos and 210 subscribers later, GearGuts become the go-to YouTube channel for everything heavy metal, gear, and now songwriting related. In addition to being editor-in-chief of Gear Gods, Trey fronts progressive metal band in Virtue, who, my girlfriend says, has the most handsome bass player out of all the metal bands she knows. Uh, So that's kind of a pretty prestigious honor for Trey Xavier. Uh, These days, Xavier spends his time editing Gear Gods, covering gear specifically for the metal audience. But also music theory, guitar lessons, and tips on making songs that don't suck. So, how's it going, Trey? Pretty good. So, it's actually,
1: Sonoma—it was actually Sonoma State University. So, I'm just uh, going to go ahead State, and correct you there.
0: Oh, it was Sonoma State University? I actually haven't written at Sonoma State University too. So, Sonoma. You know what? I'm actually I'm learning. I'm actually learning how to read right now. That's good. That's a, uh, that's a start. Did actually, you write it in Chinese though? No, I'm, I'm trying right now. I'm like, I'm honest to God. Hey, I can read some of the Dude. words on that. Just the ones in English. It's just, it's just a Chinese book for anyone who can't see this. So, yeah, I've been doing, uh, I've just been going ham on learning Chinese. I've been doing it four hours a day, five days a week. Damn. Private lessons. Wow. Two different teachers. And two other days, I have a, a third Zang. teacher for an hour and then just studying. Not... And it's like just it's like first grade all over again. Wow. And no, it, It's not like it is. It's first grade. Like, remember when you, you had like a spelling test and you had to remember like 10 vocabulary words and then you had a test? It's like that every day. Except instead, <laughs> I have to learn how to write the character. And oh my gosh. It's wow. just every... every Yeah, but it's, it's, it's coming along. I'm getting a lot better. So Trey, what were
1: you doing before Gear Gods? Before Gear Gods... Is there anything before Gear Gods? I can't remember. Sure. Uh easy. I was teaching guitar. It was cool for a while. Actually, it was sometimes it was great. Um, I taught at a place called the Napa School of Music in Napa, California. And I did it full time for like five years. When I was about to turn 30, I I freaked out. I freaked out. And That's
0: uncommon. Nobody ever freaks out.
1: <laughs> Nobody ever does that. I guess it could have been a lot worse. Some people freak out and like, uh, I don't know. Wait, to, move to do, Asia. Do cra- yeah. <laughs> do crazy shit like move to whole other countries. I'm still in the same state. But I quit my job teaching guitar. I gave up my apartment. I put everything I owned into storage. And I went on tour playing bass for a band called Vengeance that I'd been playing with for for a bit and when I got back a month after that um I moved down to LA and uh I started working for Gear Gods um I don't know a few months or maybe uh maybe a year prior I don't think a whole year um just as a writer and I kind of, I don't know, I I wasn't doing it full time by the time I moved down. My rent was cheap enough that I could do mostly just that and then work on getting my skills together for the the channel. I remember I shot the very first review that I did for the channel right when I got back from tour. And that was like right around my birthday of that year. So, so you um, turned 31. No, so I turned 30 right when I got back from tour, I think. And then I uh, shortly after that moved down, I think that sounds about right. Anyway, not really that interesting of a story that part, but I, you know, I, I, I went all in on myself basically because I've kind of always known that having a regular job just was not going to work for me. And teaching guitar is kind of the best illustration of how being an employee doesn't really is it's not a sound investment for yourself in a lot of ways. For a while it's fine because you know, you kind of have to do it on some level For for at least a little bit just to get, you know, get food, just to get food, to eat and live indoors often. But it's not a career teaching. The thing about teaching guitar is that there's two levels. There's no upward mobility at all because you either are a teacher or you own the studio where you teach. And there's there's no in between. You can't get any higher than that unless you're if you're working for yourself, teaching out of your house or your own studio or or mobile, which sucks going to going to people's houses and teaching. I used to do that. I used to be uh, yeah. a mobile guitar teacher. Yep. So, you know, the pain like it's just it's not worth the money like you can't. Ah, uh, Yeah. I um did that for a while, but you can only get so many students and you have to hustle hard because you have to keep be keeping them coming in all the time and there's just nothing for it. It's not a career. It's just a stopgap job. It's a cool stopgap job. It's something that musicians do because there's not a lot of money in music, in playing music unless you're playing at a very high level. And even then it's- Even then, not really. It depends. There's a lot of ways to make money in music. Most of them are not playing. Most of those ways are other ways. Like, uh, I mean, there's a lot of them. Well, I think what's interesting <laughs> but,
0: about music, it's there's a really, because st- I'm obviously, I've been doing music forever. And the parallels between music and like the startup game for tech are hilarious, like very, very similar. And the biggest parallel I've seen is. All the rich people I know from startups didn't get rich from salary. They got rich from stock options. All the rich people I know, like we both know, from music, they get rich on points. They're either like from pure songwriting. Like nobody, I haven't met a single, at least for like engineers in the startup scene. I'll you can meet engineers like, oh yeah, I just charge a really good hourly rate and have consistent work, but. Like, for the session musicians, like it some of their hourly rates look pretty good, but there's way less songs that need bass than there are broken websites. So, yeah, like, and so, like most of the musicians I know who have a good living, most of the musicians I think you know who have a good living, made all their money on points. So it's from like, We all like the five of us are making this album and we're all taking 20% each. And the producer, or did I do the math right? We're all taking like 15% each and the producer (laughs) is taking 10 or something like that. And so I'll meet a lot of engineers and a lot of musicians who don't see like, oh, the way you actually make your money is on the points, on the stock options, or on the percentages at the end. And so what a lot of people do by accident is they try to make as much money up front like they'll be like oh like i deserve like a hundred dollars an hour recording or whatever it's like as an engineer i deserve a hundred dollars an hour blah blah but they don't see from the other person's perspective that they don't uh like the money just isn't there yet and so like uh, this happens a lot with uh i know glenn our mutual friend glenn fricker he'll see a bunch of like uh recording engineers like talk about how stupid musicians are and i just like all the Recording engineers, I like, the recording engineers I know who make bank are making it on points. (laughs) Like, they turn into producers, and they're taking, like, 1% of the songs. So I think that's the same thing with, like, music. Like, if you're just doing the hourly thing, like you said, you can't scale. (laughs) There's no no way to scale it. It's not possible.
1: Until you hit a point where you can charge ridiculous money and have enough students to make it worth your while like the, you have to be some kind of celebrity okay like yeah charging $50 an hour for guitar lessons for teaching kids um who drop after six months um and cancel like every third lesson for, for no not, not a scalable
0: career path That wasn't the career at path all. Trey Xavier wanted no. to venture down
1: no, like now, basically, people want what I've got enough, and my time is worth enough that if I want to teach, um, I'm basically charging like my consultant you, rate, yeah, which is like a YouTube lot.
0: streaming rate, basically. Because you know, right. if you're on Twitch, you can probably make about X amount of dollars. So it doesn't make any logical sense to charge any less than that.
1: Yeah, and even then, like I, I want to do whatever's going to be making me money while I sleep. And I'd rather be spending time setting that up because then I've got a long-term payout. And that's stuff like, for example, right now, I'm finishing up a songwriting course. Like what I do on my streams and in a lot of my videos is basically at this point teaching songwriting more than anything else and certain parts of it. So I decided I would make an in-depth, complete, songwriting course with everything in it that I know and then I don't have to teach anybody I don't have to teach it over and over again it's just people can just learn I mean sure there's some things that are uh, like there's something to be said about having an interactive Mm -hmm. teacher who can like respond to questions and stuff but I can still get you like I don't know 80% of the way there with something that you can reference over and over again. Um, or, or, I mean, like, I guess I could probably as good as an example is my guitar courses that I have uh, now three of. Okay. Like I taught this scale system that I have, you know, over and over again in my lessons and kids would learn it or not and remember it or not. And then they, you know, couldn't go back and didn't have any materials except the written ones. Now I have them as video courses. You buy them one time. Um, I don't have to sit there and teach it to you. My, it's You're not buy, buying my time anymore. You're buying my knowledge. You can watch it as many times as you like. I'm making money in my sleep, and you're actually winding up with something that's... I don't want to say it's better than getting one-on-one lessons because there are things about one-on-one lessons that you can't get from just watching a video, but at the same time there are a lot of advantages to a video course as well. So um I think it works out in general better than um than traditional lessons um and you can use it to supplement those.
0: Yeah, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, Trey's talking about his course Relationships. And I'm glad you brought this up. I'm glad that you brought up that you were actually teaching these concepts like years ago, years ago. And the point I want to really shed light on there is first, if you haven't checked out Relationships, check it out. It's freaking great. Learn, uh, learn
1: every scale on the guitar in 60 minutes. Yeah, it's Relationships. great. No, for teachable. For Com.
0: Yeah, like, and we'll add to the show notes because uh, you hooked me up with that course, and it helped me like pretty quick. I'm like, oh, this is totally worth it. Uh, but what a lot of people don't see is like they see like Trey, like now you have two hundred thousand subscribers and your full time jobs, YouTube. They see that, but I I knew Trey like seven years ago, <laughs> and Glenn ten years ago when everything started, and it's a grind it's a grind to get to, the, to get up there what uh one of the things i want to shed light on is you were coming up with these ideas years before uh doing any of the youtube stuff and that was because like you were kind of like you were you were always a teacher so you had to come up with ways to teach kids stuff because if they didn't learn anything they just quit and if they quit trade and eat so that kind of forced you to learn stuff so a lot of these like uh like starting out with that salary job you learn stuff as you go uh and a lot of the concepts i've learned just as a software engineer now i've turned i'm doing it a very similar pretty much the same approach as you did the things i kind of figured out like my relationships i've I'm, i've been turned into a keynote and starting to do like uh workshops based around it and all that the relationship stuff for you is like very simple but to someone who's never played guitar before, there's just. Uh, so one of the th- one things I want to talk about though is, for you mentioned that you got a job working for GearGods.net. Now I, th- I don't know if a lot I don't believe a lot of people know this, but originally GearGods was owned uh, by someone else, and it's true I th- believe. Did you start the YouTube channel set or can you talk a little bit about the early history of Gear Gods and how did you find that opportunity in the in the first place?
1: Sure. So I came across a listing on just in my Facebook feed from I think it was on Metal Sucks at the time. It was um, just a little post like we're looking for an editor in chief for our new gear website must you know, have these uh, skills and interests, and I looked at the at this post, and I was like, "Huh, those that that's all stuff that I like and know about." Let's uh, let's look into that. So, I wrote to the email address in question with all of the materials, and I sort of, um, I went a bit. Overboard on the audition part of it, in the sense, or not, you know, in the they didn't ask for a lot. Yeah. Yeah, so I wrote a big long story about receiving a guitar that I'd ordered, a custom guitar, and the experience that I had, as if it were a post or like a review or something on the site that at that point didn't even really exist, and. I had a couple phone conversations, interviews with the dudes, um, which turned out to be the four guys who run two and two and two each of Metal Sucks and Metal Injection. And together, the four of them own something called the Blast Beat Network, which is an advertising network that um, that runs ads on a lot of different metal themed websites like Lamb Goat and the PRP and stuff like that. And. Um, They were very cool, and we got along great. And basically, I was in the running for the job of editor-in-chief, but I did not get it. There was um, somebody else that they hired, um, this guy Chris Alfano, who... um, This doesn't sound like a lucky break at all. (laughs) Doesn't sound like a lucky break, but they did hire me. Not for that job. They hired me. I think they basically just loved my enthusiasm and wanted to keep me around. So they hired me uh to write uh one post a week on the website. I was a I was like additional writer or whatever. <laughs> and I just stuck around, learned the ropes, learned how to use WordPress, and after a while I was like, Yeah, we need a YouTube channel. Like this is this can't all just be a website. And so I just like went ahead and started the YouTube channel. The first thing that I shot was actually the first episode of rigged um, because Mm -hmm. my friends in the band Cormorant were in the studio recording their album. And I was like, Hey guys, can I come like shoot some video? (laughs) Like I just grabbed the opportunity Shot way, way too much footage. It wound up being, I think, like, one super long meandering interview, which I'm sure is still up there, and then an episode of Rigged. Um, I had no idea what I was doing. I shot it on—I wound up shooting on, like, three different cameras because I didn't know how much battery it would take, you know what I mean? Like, I borrowed a camera— like a, like an SLR, a DSLR from someone that ran out of battery. Then I shot on my phone that ran out of battery. And then I literally used my laptop. Um, it was so shot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm scared to go back and watch it because it, like, I, I had no idea how to, how to set the camera, like settings. Like I didn't, I didn't know what, what are they called like shutter and um, f stop and like uh, the I, ISO I had no idea. Now it's my whole life. You know, yeah, you
0: actually—you're the one who. But can, uh, whenever I have camera questions, I ask you, and then you just send me a link to Caleb on the DSLR video shooter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> the, you're uh, the ultimate. I sold you guide. your camera. <laughs> oh yeah, um, like yeah. I was like, which camera do you use? Like this one? I'm like cool. Oh yeah, you. Bu-
1: I I bought the
0: the original, not the original Gear Gods camera, but one of the OG Gear Gods camera. I still have yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah,
1: and uh, you know, I learned all of that stuff on the job like just as I went like um, mostly from YouTube tutorials more than anything else just learning the basics I'm still not not like an expert expert but I mean you can tell just from looking at this video how crispy it is Um, yeah it's great I I I know how much freaking
0: work you put into just getting that because I had to do something similar for me
1: yeah, like, this is a $1,000 light right here, yeah. back here. It's not pointed at me, and it's not on, so um, this video could look even better. But, uh, you know, like, putting in the time, effort, and money into um, making videos look good is uh, has become incredibly important to me. So basically what happened with Gear Gods is after Chris quit, um, there was nobody left to do the job like there was nobody else who knew the job nearly as well because I was I was just there all the time learning all the different things I was uh, I was making like a fair number of videos I don't think I was getting paid for them specifically I think they just I basically just uh did it to to I don't know to get good at it or whatever like just because I was interested you know and then Chris quit and I was just like I'm
0: literally oh, the most qualified oh, person opening? in the entire world for
1: this. Yeah. There were, like who else would they possibly have asked? I was just ready to go. And so they hired me to do it instead. And I, I basically just kept pushing and pushing and pushing f- for like, you know, for more money to do more work. Like, yeah, just finding more stuff to do and trying to make it my f- full time job make it a career, you know? And that's what I did for, oh, I don't know.
0: Over four years. Four Over or six five years. years
1: at this point. Yeah. I'm, I'm a little hazy on the timeline, to be honest. I should probably sit down and work it out, but I believe all that like to say years. it was, yeah, um, that sounds about right. Cause it was seven years ago that I, that the website started, that the whole thing started. But um, suffice it to say, it was cool. Like it was. It there's not a better job for me. I say this a lot. Okay, I, when I when people talk about opportunity, you know, opportunity is not any opportunity is not an opportunity for everyone. Yeah. Um. You can't look at people who grab certain opportunities and get jealous because the gear gods thing that post. That initial post, I bet thousands of people saw it. This was back when there was organic reach on Facebook. It was probably seen by fifty or a hundred thousand people who looked at it and were like, nah, okay, well, that's not that's no good. Um I think I read it too. Yeah. Because I, yeah, I read metal sucks
0: every day. I'm like, I don't know anything about gear. I'm not even interested.
1: Yeah. So it wasn't an opportunity for those people. Yeah. It was only an opportunity for me because it combined all the skills and interests that I had that I'd already been honing and working on. So it was a great job for a while, but it started to suffer a bit from the same problem as teaching, which is that it was just a salaried job and I was doing the lion's share of the work. So eventually, uh, about a year ago, well, actually it was almost two years ago now, that I made the big proposal to my bosses that they sell gear gods to me because I reached the point where I was um, either going to do that or I was going to go solo, basically, because... Start a I, new YouTube channel. Yeah, start a whole new everything, and but it, it needed to be mine. I was there building an empire, but I wasn't the emperor. and. Luckily, they um they agreed, and after a lot of negotiation, we both walked away very happy. And you still have it the was relationship about with months. those. nine
0: months. Yeah, you still have the relationship but, with those guys now because they hooked you up with. They still hook you up with deals. Oh yeah, and you still work together.
1: Yes, we still work together. Um, a good bit actually. Uh, we just um are finishing up Metal Month right now. We work together on that with Toontrack. Um. Uh, all kinds of stuff yeah they uh i um still love those dudes they are super cool um they were always great to me i i i don't have any real complaints about working for them at all um you know they um they paid me fairly like and and yeah. any <laughs> the amount of work that i did was absurd, but that's that was my own fault <laughs> there was nobody pushing me that hard except for me you know what I mean and I think it was because I was treating it like it was mine even though it wasn't mine everybody uh, saw me as the face of gear gods and they assumed that it was also uh all mine and uh, you know and it was still the the most fun like I wouldn't have done it. I wouldn't have kept going, working like 70 hours a week or whatever, um for not seventy hours a week of pay if it wasn't the the best. Like there's always stuff that can be done. It's super fun. It it blew the doors wide open in terms of just plain opportunities for me in my career in my life for uh meeting people that I mean I I got to Meet John Petrucci dressed as John Petrucci, like pretending to be John Petrucci in the interview as Petrucci. Yeah,
0: and then the interview was you basically calling John Petrucci a fraud. Which is
1: amazing. And he loved it. You loved loved that. Um like that never would have happened in a million years if it wasn't for Gear Gods. And I'm extraordinarily grateful for what I get to do every day, and it's awesome. And now, basically, the negotiation and execution of me buying my job took about nine months, I think. You know, it's it was a big deal. Like, it was a big, it was a whole big thing. Um, It was absolutely worth it in every possible way. It was for sure the right thing to do. If I hadn't done that, I'd be starting over completely from scratch. Um, and I was willing to do that because I came to the conclusion that you, you can't... I mean, I don't know about rich. I don't know about getting rich, but making yourself... Being like a s- successful... I don't know. Being financially very successful is extremely difficult as an employee of anything. I mean, unless, unless you, you work as a software engineer for Facebook unless you work as a software engineer for Facebook, um, then, yeah, which I can't do yes. because I have no software engineering skills. So that's just not the opportunity.
0: Like there's all these job postings right now at Facebook to be a software engineer, but it's just not the opportunity for Trey.
1: Because exactly. It's not an opportunity code, okay. for me in any sense. I, It would be a wasted interview um, for everyone. I'll go, I'll go waste their time just for fun, but no, it, it exactly. Like, There are jobs where you can make a lot of money as an employee, but they're not
0: not really in the music, not for not for the skills, the experiences and the interests that Trey Xavier has. Oh, certainly not.
1: No, yeah. I'll never have another real job. I'll never do it. I'll never go back. I am going to do everything in my absolute power to keep that from happening ever again. And uh, this is going great. And not to mention just more than anything, I'm able to steer my own ship the direction Mm -hmm. that I want it to go. For example, like, you know, it, like I love gear, I love music gear and, and what it's good for. But the reason that I care about it, I figured out, is because it allows us to create their tools of creation, allows us to make better music and, more than anything else, better songs. And so these days I am making mostly content about songwriting and the gear is like, I'm showing you how to use the gear to write these, to write better songs. You know, the website is called Gear Gods. The channel is called Gear Gods. Not a whole lot I can do about that. I could rebrand, I guess. Please
0: don't do that. But that's a terrible
1: idea on pretty much every level. Um, Somebody the other day in a stream said, Gear Gods has become Song Gods, and I'm not mad about it. And I was like, like, yeah, yeah, that's fair. I'm not going to change the name. 95% sure. But I can steer the content to where I want it to go, and um that's also been very successful it's been great the last like i don't know four or five months something i've been doing mostly songwriting content of various kinds and i'm much happier about it like i, yeah. I like the gear stuff um I, and i've always done songwriting stuff especially for metal month i'm very lucky to have a good relationship with tune track um as our sponsors for metal month because they're like make a bunch of songwriting stuff with our, with our programs with, and we'll pay make you. Make a bunch like, of songwriting stuff with the
0: software right. that you use to do all your pre-production anyway. And yeah, it's the only software exactly. you know how to use. It, works, like, it works
1: out so well. I, I all, I was using TuneTrack track stuff long before they cared about who I was or knew or anything. Or and I, bu- you know, I bought superior drummer two full price and uh, used it a lot. And, you know, it's uh, it's stuff like that 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 makes me go like, yeah, I'm on I'm on the right path. Like I'm going. Well, that's the right what direction.
0: I like with the content. That's what I like with the content you're doing. So we both know YouTubers or like our friends with some creators. They found some of them found the same problem that some musicians fall into, some engineers fall into, as they're trying to make the hundred dollars right now. They're try- they they they're trying to have one cookie now. Instead of three cookies in an hour. <laughs> <laughs> like all of life can be summed in like take three cookies in an hour. And so I'll see some quite like and you can tell which YouTube videos people do like creators do when it's like, yo, man, like this is o- this is like so obvious sellout. Uh, usually it's related to any sort of VPN. <laughs> and now now I'll never be able to sponsor a VPN, but that's OK. <laughs> but <laughs> any sort of VPN like or something like that, you can usually tell it's like, yo, this you're like a base plane channel like why why are you talking about a vpn right like why are you talk like this this ad doesn't fit in anything i'm just annoyed now but what i like about your uh your sponsored content is first of all you make it really obvious it's sponsored and second you do a really 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 good job integrating it in a way that isn't sneaky and it's very tasteful at the same time so a great example is the metal month videos you're like, hey, it's Toon Track Metal Month. And you're like, okay, that's not sneaky. So I'm gonna write a freaking song and I'm gonna use Toon Track stuff because yeah. duh. Which I would anyways. <laughs> Which I would do anyway. And if you're mad about this, I'm puzzled <laughs> because yeah. like this doesn't make any sense. Does anyone ever get mad about any of your sponsor content? I don't I never see any negative comments
1: about uh, it. I mean, here and there, but like whatever like content exists because of sponsorships it's able to exist because of sponsorships like this is my job I get paid to do my job I make some off of just the ad revenue on YouTube like directly from Google you know but it's not much no and um, sponsorships make it possible for me to do just bigger things, you know, like for example, like we have guests in those tune track videos, like big name guests. We got to pay those guests. I'm not, I can't pay them what they need to get paid just out of my pocket. Okay. Like, you know, the sponsors cover that. And that's, um, that's amazing. So like if, uh, if I have to read an ad for a VPN to be clear, I would love to get a, I mean, I'd charge them a lot more because it's not related. (laughs) I'd much (laughs) rather, you know, have like related uh, music related products as sponsors. And I try to keep it to that. I've gotten some weird offers. I'll tell you that much. Mm. I got one. (laughs) This is too funny not to tell. Okay. A website called, I shit you not, Mature Tenders. That's a dating site for like. Dating older ladies, I guess, but it was Mm -hmm. called fucking mature tenders. I was like, How much money would it take for me to read an ad for a website called mature tenders before a video of mine? And I came up with a very, very large number and I told them that I would not do it for less than that. Unsurprisingly, have not heard back from mature tenders, (laughs) but now you've just given them a free call out. I guess so. Oh, well, there you go. I hope I gave him my banging info before, you know, Um, but like shit like that, you know, no, I don't want to do completely unrelated ads for a VPN or whatever if possible. But at the same time, like if I'm watching a video, like my favorite YouTuber is Rudy Ayub. okay, Mm. I binge his videos. He makes me laugh every single time. And he'll he'll do ads for VPNs or in ear like like earbuds or whatever. He did a great he
0: did a great read for but, uh for that Shadow Realms game. I forgot what oh, it's yeah, called. Oh yeah,
1: Raid Shadow Legends.
0: Raid Shadow Legends. I like Yeah. He's like, One second, let me let me talk my phone. So what are you doing? So I'm playing Raid Shadow Legends. I was freaking crying laughing. Dude, that was, I am that was perfect. I am
1: zero mad at him. Like I don't understand I why people would be to. mad like you could just oh no okay whatever push the fucking arrow and skip it you know and like if you think that it means that they're making less good content or something because I don't know there it's you think they're just doing it for the money nobody is just doing it for the money okay nobody Nobody is doing doing any
0: any YouTube stuff but especially any music stuff and especially Heavy metal music content for no. the money under any circumstances.
1: Like stop. I, I live. End of story. I live a 10 minute drive from Van Nuys, which is like the porn capital of earth. Okay. If I wanted to just like make a quick buck, I'd uh, for sure be doing driving content over with there. less clothes on. Um you know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of things that if all I cared about was money, there are a lot of things that I could do to make a lot more money than what I'm doing now. Um, I don't know how much money people think that we're making on these ads, but like, it's not so much that we're any of us are doing it just for the money. It's, yeah, I think, a good, that's the stupidest clarify. fucking thought for somebody to have. Well, they are just doing yeah. it for money.
0: Yeah, it's. I think it's. Uh, I think it's common in the. So I used to work in the ad industry as a as an engineer. So I know a lot about the technical stuff behind this. I think a lot of people get confused because they'll see like, like a Graham Stephan or like a real a real estate or a finance YouTuber. They'll post like, "Oh, I made two million dollars on YouTube this year." Here's a breakdown, and people forget. Oh, people don't know. It's depends on your vertical of your content and so if you're doing anything real estate anything credit card your cpms which is the cost that google will pay you for a thousand impressions are like a hundred plus dollars like it's bonkers it's because they can run credit card ads and credit card companies are willing to spend like hundreds of dollars for somebody to click on their ad Because they know once they sign up for the credit card, they're screwed for, like, they're going to be paying them forever. Yeah. Versus, so that makes sense. But if you're a great example, YouTube uh, music channel or any sort of, like, pranks channel or that kind of entertainment, your CPMs are going to be way lower. Because, like, Nuclear Blast Records, spoiler alert isn't gonna pay the same amount of dollars per <laughs> click to, for you to buy the new despised icon C D. Even though the new Despise Icon C D is dope. <laughs> and I lo- yeah. I love the band, but the CD's like fifteen dollars.
1: Yeah, the amount of money that's in there is just not yeah. the same.
0: Maybe they'll sell like a hundred dollar cool despised icon with a t shirt and like a baseball cap and some shorts and some like incense or something. But like they're still never gonna like, like it's just basic. Simple math. And so I think a lot of people get confused on the money side. They think like, oh, well, maybe these music YouTubers are making like the same as
1: real estate stuff. It's it's just not true at all. It's not. This year, I have overall all the things that I do, that I make money on, all my various and sundry revenue streams. I'm for sure making by a lot, the most I've ever made in my life. It's still not a lot. It feels like a lot because, you know, like for example, when I was teaching guitar, I made thirty dollars an hour, give or take, which probably seems like a lot. You might go like, "Oh wow, that's like a that's a good hourly that's like $60, rate." Sixty
0: thousand dollars a year. And You're like, Wait if you're a second.
1: teaching, if you've if you're doing forty hours a week getting 40 hours a week of students at in half hour increments that's
0: 80 students
1: a week that's that is nearly impossible um to, it's easier to, to
0: start a youtube channel than it is to it's do easier that.
1: to start a youtube yeah for sure so i was teaching like 20 hours a week maximum like that was mm-hmm. good like 20 hours a week that was the most i think yeah, I think that was, like, the the job, the highest-paying job that I had ever. And so, like, my money, all of my money does not come from YouTube. Like, when I bought Gear Gods, I bought everything, the website, the email list, you know, the YouTube channel, all our social media. And I have, a, like, a variety of places that my money comes from, just tons and tons of little trickles, little revenue streams, some of them larger than others, uh youtube is like what allows me to do that like a lo- like my youtube notoriety or whatever it's just it's it, more than anything else it's exposure okay mm-hmm. i'm exposing myself <laughs> to the world uh no but like really it's i'm showing people on a grand scale, what it is that I have to offer, okay? A lot of people have a lot of things to offer, but if you don't know about it, then you're not going to sell anything. Nobody's going to be able to take advantage of what you have to offer, okay? Like, it's possible that before pretty recently, nobody knew that I had so much insight to offer about writing songs, okay? And analyzing music that exists to improve your own songwriting and if I didn't have 210,000 subscribers to show that to and then be like oh and I'm going to be selling a songwriting course it wouldn't matter if I knew all that stuff or I or if I had a course or anything exactly so YouTube is the reason but you have to actuate it just like with any any other I don't know uh, okay for example pro athletes okay most pro athletes make a lot more off of their sponsorship deals with companies than they do from the NBA or from their from their salaries okay even if they're making an absurd amount in salaries Nike will pay them to you know double that just to like wear their shoes being a commercial like whatever Absurd amounts of money. Okay. The reason that people care about whether or not they're wearing Nikes or whatever is because they play basketball in the NBA. They're putting it in front of people. It's the same thing. YouTube. Sure. I make a, make a, a bit of money off of YouTube directly and from the sponsorships of the videos, but It's just that everything that I do, everything that I sell or every service that I offer or whatever, I've just uh, launched off of the YouTube thing or uh, like leveraged it somehow. And that's really what you have to do if you're going to be an entrepreneur of any kind. You you just sort of leverage all your all the different things you do all into the same um, all towards the same goal. And it's not it's not just making money like at all. Of course, making money is great. I pretty much only make money off of things that help people in some way. Right. You Everything just, you just that discovered
0: I... capitalism.
1: <laughs> well, it's possible to make money by hurting people. Mm-hmm. Um, or, or doing things that are, I don't know, just neutral. Or, I don't know, or things that people need, but you gouge them for it or, or whatever. It's, yeah. it's I, I don't want, I, I don't, I'm no saint, you know, I'm not out there like feeding the poor, but everything that I sell is something that helps people. And so much of what I do is completely free to the end user. You can watch all of my YouTube videos, all like 1700 of them for nothing you know you you might have to watch an ad but like you know the majority of what I do is given away you can read everything on the website for completely free just by going to www.geargods.net you can read all of our content completely for free and yeah most of the most popular videos that are on my channel are all tutorials okay so great the things that I sell are, like, music-making products, like I've got, you know, a Cab IR pack and uh, Kemper profile packs that you can buy, um, and then everything else is lessons. So, not to, like, toot my own horn or anything, but all of those things are, like, exist to help people. They, f- they fulfill needs that people have for learning how to make music, and... That's amazing because that's all I really want to do. Aside from actually making the music, I only care about helping people to get better at it. And then there's making money from that, which means that everybody wins all the way around. And you might think that what I charge for my courses is a lot, but that's because you've I never think, I think you attended to College of Music.
0: I think you're charging too little for a course. I think I've told you this before. I, I think it's, agree be at with least you. Double, triple—that's the main I, thing.
1: I actually did up prices of my courses because you, because you said that I oh, should.
0: Cool. So if anyone's <laughs> wondering why things—if you ever—if you ever see Trey release something and then a week later it's like triple price, it's it's all Jamie's fault. It's
1: Jamie's fault. <laughs>
0: That's the number one uh, number one thing I've learned like uh doing like products or doing software as a service companies which like you're selling software but you can sell anything is if you just increase the prices
1: make... then it's <laughs> then you make more money because people spend more mo- um yeah i mean there's always the uh what the market will bear but marketing is is huge you know you can you can i don't know i've bought a lot of stuff because YouTubers were like this is the thing that you need and most and I have very rarely actually been disappointed, you know, mostly it's camera gear, (laughs) you know, watch a review of something and be like, oh, yeah, this would make what I do better.
0: That's an easy sell. I'll buy. I'll buy anything that Caleb from DSLR video shooter tells me to. <laughs> yeah, but I've a... definitely. I've definitely spent over three thousand dollars on stuff because of Caleb. <laughs> I've done. I've done the same with you too, because I'll. I'll ask you, and then you'll just send me to Caleb. <laughs> but that's usually, or like whenever I can get a hand me down from you or Glenn or any. First, I try to get the hand me down, and then if that doesn't work out, uh, then I. <laughs> literally buy whatever you tell me to because like especially for those higher ticket items like I don't want to do the research like I just like which one will make YouTube videos slash like look good like and you know what good means to me I'm not like I'm only ever going to film in this room period (laughs) full stop if I ever film outside another room just remind me not to like so it sounds yeah. like the your your career t- kind of trajectory so far uh I'm, s- I'm seeing a pretty common theme and it's really about finding stuff that aligns finding something that aligns with your interests and your skills and your experiences and uh best thing you can do for skills is you can just keep getting them so you mentioned you already had the skill of playing guitar. You already had the skill of singing. You already had these music skills you picked up. You picked up some skills from teaching. (laughs) And then, you mentioned earlier, you started picking up like basic digital marketing skills, like how to use WordPress, how to use YouTube. And... For those who don't know, like the back end for YouTube, like, I'm a software engineer. That gets tricky sometimes because <laughs> you're like, "Oh wait, oh uh, now there's tags. What tags should I use? These even matter?" You start learning how to make thumbnails, and then you learn like, "Oh my god, this like thumbnails could be a whole thing." And and it like, changes a lot. And, too. On top, and it they keeps change changing stuff pretty often. Yeah. But so yeah, you went yes. there, you got more skills, and because you got more skills and more experiences, your bosses. And because someone quit, your bosses kept like pulling you uh, uh like pulling you along. And one of the things I really liked what he said was, uh, you always try to be useful." and you always found stuff to do. And as someone who was like an engineering manager, like honestly God, the best people I worked with are just people who just like care a little and just just do stuff without you telling them all the time. If you just do that. like in the top one percent of workers and it's bonkers so that's what it is and i wish it was more complicated than that but it's really not and then from there it's you just kept grinding through and i think what i found too because i'm in a similar boat to where you were when you turned 30 now that like i'm 30 i'm about to if that thing works well i'll be playing bass on tour hopefully in 2022 uh so like hashtag quarter life crisis doing that uh, but the one thing I found is eventually if you do get money if you're on a path of things that you're not interested about uh, and skills you don't have without um, you don't have that combination you end up just like going like I don't want to do this anymore <laughs> and that's basically that's what happened with me in like uh software development I was just like I just don't Want to figure out how to get old people to click on ads anymore? I'm like I'm just like I don't care I, I, like, I just don't, like I just don't care anymore, and so now I'm more focusing back on the content side because I was thinking like, well, what do I like doing? Like I like talking to people. I like telling stories. I still like tech. Tech is still fun, but like it's not like not all tech. I uh, like guitar, I like music. I like the publishing side. I've learned a lot about that just from the tech. So it's like, oh, I can help. Uh, I can come in and be the really technical digital marketing person, the really technical person, like in a room full of musicians, I know the most about programming. So it's like, oh, that's handy. Uh, so it's like like you mentioned before, finding those opportunities that overlap on top of one another is, really seems to be the key.
1: The most important thing that I think you you said the most important takeaway from all of that is that you're, you have to follow your interests if you're going to have a non-traditional career path because if you don't, you're going to hate it so much. You know the old oh, joke? Yeah. If you, uh, an entrepreneur is someone who works 80 hours a week to avoid working 40 hours a week. <laughs> and the reason that we do that is not to become millionaires or whatever. That's a possibility. Who knows? I could be a mil- I could become a millionaire. At some point. Oh, for soon-ish. sure. Ish. Um, it's it's definitely within the realm of possibility. But if I didn't love absolutely love what I was doing, there's no way I would make it to eighty hours a week. I would, you know, I would rather oh, work no, at McDonald's. No so, you oh, know, I'd rather work the first
0: Editor, the first editor of Gear Guides. He was like, nah.
1: So I gotta go. I'm I'm not doing this. Yeah, I I never actually really talked to him about it, but exactly like he you know, he got a a regular more regular job because the first like I said, I'm seven plus years into this now. Imagine working for seven years at a job where you like were grinding that hard, but not making crazy money. Like I could have made way more money doing, I don't know, like at some point I got offered a job as an artist rep for a popular accessories company. I would have been making double what I was making working for Gear Gods. And I turned it down. Because fuck that. (laughs) You know, like, I'd probably be pretty good at it and I would have liked it okay. It's still music adjacent, but like, no, I'm following the thing that I care about because I have to. Mm -hmm. I do not have a choice. And like, yeah, your interest, you have to, if you're going to do anything like this, you have to be doing something that you really care about, that you're interested in, and your skill set will continuously improve as you do it because of your interests, okay? Like, I sit here and I watch um, tutorials on on cameras and lenses and lighting and stuff like that because I want my videos to look better because I care about it and because I like it when they look good and you know when i'm able to put out great looking content and sounding you know what i mean and if i didn't really love it i i wouldn't do that and then i would be miserable and working twice as hard as i needed to and at the end of the day i would feel empty and terrible and and poor so it's just the it's the worst of all of, this the worst part of the the Venn diagram you never like, had
0: golden handcuffs working as a guitar teacher for seven-year-olds. No.
1: That you had to worry about. No. So if you're not going to be chasing after something that you really care about, just get a regular job, work 40 hours a week. And when you're done at the end of the day, you get to go home and do whatever you want, play some video games. That sounds amazing. <laughs> like, it's it's uh 11.55 on a Tuesday right now, and I'm doing this, you know? Yeah. Which is great. It's, I'd much rather be doing this. I'm gonna go yeah. in a minute, I'm gonna go play some video games. But like yeah.
0: Yeah, it's that's that's sure. a away like, for it, me. I think yeah, the key thing is like if and you mentioned this earlier too, that like when you have a job, you gotta treat it like a job. Like you're not the emperor. You just gotta like you gotta cog just cog away. Cog if you if cog. you want that, you just cog away and there's nothing wrong with cogging away. I cogged away. I couldn't we need do the it yeah, the
1: Yeah. My dad was a plumber. Great. His For, you know, 40 years or something, my dad was a plumber. We die without plumbers. We will die. No joke. The world needs those and many, many, many other kinds of regular jobs. Oh, nobody's sure. going to die without me, but I would die in a regular job. So
0: <laughs> when the zombie apocalypse occurs, I all your all your skill set is going out the window. You well, luckily you're funny and friendly, which is actually the most important thing. <laughs>
1: but yes, if you weren't funny and friendly, zombies don't oh, care boy. about that though. They'll just they'll eat the funny, the friendly, the mean, the yeah. ugly, doesn't matter. They'll eat them. <laughs> uh, awesome.
0: Well, thanks again for your time, Trey. Absolutely. Uh, it was really great talking to. You. Like I I think this is going to really help a lot of people uh kind of so. p- paint the picture that it's possible to do this especially me being based in taiwan i meet so many like honestly god dude i meet so many people out here who are just like oh that's just not possible that's just not possible like oh that's not that's not possible i'm like like i especially talking about like uh friends like you or glenn glenn's my favorite example because he's in windsor ontario and if you thought there weren't that many opportunities in taipei Oh boy, <laughs> let, me, let me get to talking about Windsor, Ontario, building a channel. And so, it's nice to be able to like use you, use some other people I've been interview as an example, especially like my friends out here. Be like, yo, homie, just grinded. <laughs> he picked something you want to do. He kept you gotta, showing up yep. for his six or seven years.
1: You gotta, th- you gotta think long term, to a certain extent, but you it can of course it can be done of course it can look at anybody who's done it and ask yourself in what way they're any different from you and the answer is probably only that they're willing to take a fair amount of discomfort for a long period of time more than anything else but it can, it can be done i am living proof
0: what... I, I'm discomforting myself right now yeah. <laughs> learning Chinese and uh, the other, learning Chinese is quick. as hard as you think as hard as hard I, as you think it's actually I harder it's than you literally
1: think. I think it's probably like, like one of those things where like, people are like, well, I mean, it's this task X is pretty difficult, but it's not learning Chinese. <laughs> like, it's, <laughs> it's a literal metaphor. For <laughs> hardness, for difficulty. If you want to get hit by a train, you got to stand on the tracks. That's number mm-hmm. one. Okay. So it'll never happen if you don't do it, if you don't try, of course. Number two, you can absolutely try what I'm doing and fail miserably, wind up poor, living under a bridge. But that can also very easily happen with traditional career paths. You mm-hmm. can get a regular job you think that you've got a steady income your retirement healthcare the works and you can lose your job and then you have nothing so either you can do the regular old thing get a regular old job and still possibly fall flat on your face and lose everything for you know whatever dumb company you work for that doesn't give a shit about you or you can work for yourself, also maybe fail, but at the end of the day have something that you're proud of that you worked hard for and that you really care about and maybe be more successful by a lot than you would have in anything else.
0: I think the main the main thing there too is it's you're always working for yourself. Yes. Like when I was working for the NFL, I was working for myself. Right. Uh, my client was the NFL, basically. That's the yeah. way I treated it. And I made sure... I showed up and I did good work for the sake of doing good work because that's just the kind of person I do. I'm definitely not the smartest, definitely not the most handsome. I'm definitely not, uh, not even the best bass player. <laughs> I'm not even the best bass player in Virtue. No. However, like... It <laughs> doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I, like There's only of one of me, in the world, so... Yeah, I know. You got a there's, job. Out of everyone in the world, I play all the bass parts... Like I'm the second best in Virtue Faces out of all the songs we know, out of anyone in the world. And Trey's too busy playing guitar, so it's it's dope, right? <laughs> it's just like ah uh, when uh you were uh early gear gods and the first guy left. It's like, well, out of everyone else in the world, Trey knows the most there. So it's all about like yep. uh that just attitude it is like Yep. <laughs> like actually trying and actually caring. It's where it's all at. So is there anything else you wanna you wanna plug before we go, Trey? Uh Gods official, so. Gear Gods at youtube.com slash gear gods official. I think so.
1: I think it's just slash okay. gear gods. And, uh, you know, or just Google <laughs> uh, gear gods for all the various and sundry. We're on all the social media platforms where um, for the guitar lesson stuff and the soon forthcoming songwriting course that will be on my teachable page which is relationships.teachable.com and um I stream twice a week on YouTube Monday stream is my new brand new podcast which is we are now one episode deep it's a live stream podcast where I interview musicians about their songwriting podcast so far I've had Matt Hafey on next week well by the time this goes up, there will be, um, I'm sure, more episodes. But, for example, Brody Utley from Rivers of Nile is going to be our next guest. Um, if you're listening to this, it's already up, and uh, you can go listen to it and watch it. But Mondays, there's that. Fridays, I do songwriting critiques, so people will bring in their songs, and I listen to them and tell them how they, I think they can be improved. And just regular old content going up now and again. <laughs> awesome. Thanks so much Trey All right. and thanks I'll for having catch me on. See you next Jamie. time.